Broadcasting live from coast to coast and around the world, it's time for Animal Talk with some of the best doggone pet people on the planet. Dr. Brad Davis, DVM Chief of Staff for the Veterinary Centers of America. Donna Fournier's our dog trainer, Brian Barcheck. He's handling the reptiles for us. I'm Jamie Flanagan, making sure everybody has a good time. Here we go. This is a rebroadcast of Animal Talk from 2000 when we had Jackie Stallone on. And Jackie Stallone, mother of uh, Sylvester Stallone, had her uh, psychic dogs with her. So it's uh, kind of an interesting show. She's uh, a unique character. And it's, it's, it's just a fun show. We got Brian Donovan and Mark Hannes. You'll hear them along with Dr. Brad and myself. Uh, there's a little fun halftime in between the two hours. And uh, here we go with Animal Talk and Jackie Stallone. Yeah, we're here. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs, cats, fish, birds, reptiles everywhere. This is your show. This is Animal Talk, where we talk about what you do to your animals, what your animals do to you. <laughs> the most important number of the day is 800-PET-1886. 1-800-PET-1886. Pick up the phone and give us a call so we can make your world animalogically safe and sound. You can also email us at questions at animaltalkradio.com questions at animaltalkradio.com got a great show for you today we have a very unique and very special guest in the first hour of today's show her name is Jacqueline Stallone Sly's mom Sylvester Stallone's mom and and and, and Jamie Wacky what is Jackie <laughs> and what is what is Sly's mom going to do for us today well, she has uh, her two psychic dogs with her, Hannah and Rachel. They're miniature pinchers. Two psychic dogs. Uh, apparently, pinchers. these dogs have predicted predicted everything from presidential <laughs> elections. <laughs> <laughs> they probably predicted that as well. Uh, to the construction of prisons on Mars by 2010. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, and they've been right every time. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, an interview and an uh, article wouldn't be complete about uh, Jackie Stallone unless we talked about rumpology, which no. is her. <laughs> is that her day job? Yes, it is. And she said uh, she does feel silly about the whole dog thing. It seems to me she would be kind of immune to feeling silly. <laughs> I, I don't know. Is that still reach out, reach out, and rub a butt. Yeah. But uh, we're going to talk to her about that. I mean, these dogs—they um, predicted a lot of things. They actually have—they—they—they they, they dislike, they hate Dr. Lore. According to a recent article, if they could kill her, they would. <laughs> oh Lord! <laughs> they also despise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. well, it's her, st her stance against groin sniffing. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> it, uh, it turns out that dogs... Because they are both female dogs. Yeah. <laughs> they also despise Secretary of State Madeleine Albright. <laughs> no Mon sniffing of crotches, no <laughs> drinking out of the toilets. Uh, uh, Monica Lewinsky and Darva Conger. <laughs> Hate them all. Uh, Hate them all. The only time those four people will be in the same <laughs> sentence, I think. <laughs> we hope. And in the second hour, we're going to be talking to Dr. Jane Bix. A veterinarian, um, I guess you call her a natural health, animal health expert or proponent, wouldn't you say, Brian? Well, I met her once. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, she's a nice lady. She's a very nice lady. Yep. And, um, yeah, she's got some unique ideas, I suppose. And she's also involved with HealthyPetNet.com. Shark cartilage. Oh, really? No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, okay. that, gets, that gets Brad's ire up, that uh, shark cartilage. Well, yeah. sharks never get cancer. Oh, that's one of those lies, too, isn't it? <laughs> Actually, it merely halves my apathy, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we wow. are, we're very proud to say that we're adding a bunch of new affiliates today here to the Animal Talk Radio Network. Um, 
I'm just going to go down the list real quick to let everyone know. Hey, welcome to the Animal Talk family. K-U-L-Y, Ulysses, Kansas. 1420 AM. Welcome, Ulysses. All right. <laughs> W-H-O-P, Hopkinsville, Kentucky. 1230 AM. Hopkinsville. All right. W-U-L-F, Hardinsville, Click. Louisville, Kentucky. Click. Click. 94.3. Louisville. Keep them slugging. <laughs> <laughs> Click. This Click. is radio at its <laughs> finest. K-O-K-B, Ponca City, Oklahoma. Ponca, 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 Ponca. <laughs> K-O-K-P, Perry, Oklahoma. All right, William Perry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he had nothing. <laughs> K-K-O-M, Rio Grande, California. Oh, si, senor. All right. Yeah. Welcome, folks. Uh, welcome to the Animal Talk Radio Network. And, of course, that means anyone on the new affiliates today who uh, call in, go to the front of the line. And they get to try their hand at this tricky trivia, which is being sponsored at uh, by the saltwater test kits from Red Sea Fish Farms. Brian is blew you out of the water tonight, didn't he? <laughs> All right, Brian, Adam, and tell us how this works. All right, Mark the Animal Hannes is going to pose an animal-related question to our listening audience. If you know the answer or you think you do, pick up the phone and dial 800-PET-1886. If you're correct, you win species-specific prizes. All right, here we go. Today's tricky trivia is what unique characteristic does the Chinese crested dog and the sphinx cat have in common? Mm. What unique characteristic does the Chinese crested dog and the sphinx ha- cat have in common? Two for one plater at Ming's. <laughs> no, <laughs> not that. <laughs> Their Sorry. own recipe and walk your dog. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, 1-800-PET-1886, 1-800-PET-1886. You know, we had to take a second just to explain to uh, our new affiliates kind of what Animal Talk is. Animal Talk is a call-in radio talk show devoted to animals and pets. Um, Brian Donovan, sitting to my left, is an animal behavior and animal behaviorist and professional dog trainer. And he's been doing this for what now? 18, 19, 10 uh, years? Yeah, a long time. Yeah, about 18 years. Has the number one selling uh, dog training video on the market. The nipping, chewing, digging, garbage rating won't come and call dog training video. He'll be here to answer, answer all of your dog qu- training questions. Dr. Brad Davis, DVM, graduate of Michigan State, veterinarian extraordinaire, has his uh, clinic <laughs> in the he gets war a laugh zone. out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, again, remember when you step into the Animal Talk studios, please check your self-esteem at the door because it will be riddled. Um, Brad has uh, been in practice for many, many years because he's old. <laughs> Since hot seven. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's here to take all your veterinary, veterinary questions. And uh, I, uh, sitting here at the microphone, Mark the Animal Hannes, am a fish, reptile, and pet product expert, been involved with... Uh, the herpetological type critters and fish for many years, as well as being the vice president of sales and number of pet product manufacturing companies. So we cover the gambit. And in between all the information, we try to have fun because we know pets are fun. Animals are fun. Right. Uh, animal news is fun. Uh, everything about pets. Well, there's a lot of things that are fun about pets. So we try to bring that to the show. We take the pet care and animal husbandry ser- seriously, but we're a little irreverent at times. So mm-hmm. bear with us, folks. Listen, <laughs> we're at acquired taste. Yeah. <laughs> Apologies now for, <laughs> for everything that come after. <laughs> yeah, we're sorry right up front. <laughs> Bless me, FCC, for I have sinned. <laughs> 1-800-PET-1886. 1-800-PET-1886. Pick up the phone and give us a call so we can answer your questions. So what's up, Brian? Uh, birthdays. We have, uh, you know, you know what's weird about the birthday thing? Of course, each week we do the birthdays. And uh, 
there's there's a common thread that runs through the birthdays today. It's heads of state and literary slash uh, columnist journalist types. Uh, so we have Edgar Guest. He's the uh, uh, he's a writer, syndicated uh, columnist, poet. Uh, also Jacqueline Suzanne, Brad, mm-hmm. author know, uh, author of uh, the Valley of the Dolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connie Chung. Um, that there's our literary part, and then uh, heads of state we have Benjamin Harrison, 23rd president, uh, Rah- Rahiv Gandhi, uh, prime minister of India for uh, t- from 18, uh, 1989 to 1991, and uh, Don King. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and interesting. All movers and Interestingly enough, Jackie Stallone's dogs don't like any of them either. <laughs> <laughs> Wants to throw them all in the river. That, they're pretty ruthless, those dogs. 1-800-PET-1886, 1-800-PET-1886. Pick up the phone and give us a call. Hey, and don't forget, every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, we host a chat on Yahoo Pets. So you can go to our website, animaltalkradio.com, click on the Yahoo Pets icon, and be there or be square. Also, uh, we are heard on Yahoo Broadcast, so if you've got members of your family who are not blessed to hear the dulcet tones of Animal Talk over there, Radio Waves, go to the internet. We're there for everybody here on the Animal Talk Radio Network. K-U-L-Y, W-H-O-P, W-U-L-F, K-O-K-B, K-O-K-P, and K-K-O-M, all welcome to Animal Talk's Animal Talk Vegetable Soup. There you go. <laughs> Alphabet Soup here on Animal Talk. 1-800-PET-1886 here to make your world animalogically safe and sound. I'm gonna find me a dog. It's time for a doggy do being sponsored by <laughs> the Weekly Giggle Ball from Multi-Pet International. I'm going to wow. accompany you with the turtle drum. Yeah, well, this uh, doggy do is actually the answer to uh, an email question. That Dear Brian... Good. <laughs> My male rat terrier is over a year old. I had him neutered at five months of age, so it sounds like she's doing everything right. Uh, he has started to mark his territory. I have two other dogs, one female, 11 years old, and another female a little younger than Apache. Uh, they, all, they are all fixed. What can I do to stop him from wetting the house? Well, we know that housebreaking is a pretty straightforward procedure, but uh, marking can be a deceivingly difficult uh, behavior to correct. Most dog owners understand this is a perfectly natural method dogs use to stake a claim to property or objects. Therefore, it's a hardwired behavior that is very strong in some dogs. Because it's so natural, most dogs who engage in this behavior seem to do it almost as a reflex rather than a cognitive act, severely limiting a training approach. So what can you do? Watch carefully for patterns or situations which seem to trigger the response. Marking is usually brought on by confusion, inconsistency in handling or environment, lack of confidence, visitors, or new pets. Supervise your dog closely in these uh, situations and correct them quickly. And we know a good correction includes loud, quick, and invisible as the elements which make a good correction if you catch them. Uh, As always, delayed corrections do not work and can actually make the problem worse. So you have a hardwired dog. Uh, It goes right to the brain, right to the leg. It lifts and fires. Well, it means it's instinctive. It's instinctive for him to do that. Unlike the wired dogs that just drank a lot of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that was almost funny. That was your courtesy (laughs) chuckle just for you, Jamie. Well, Brian, we have a very special guest today. Why don't you introduce our guest? Well, our guest is, uh, this is r- real exciting for us. We've seen her all over the place. Uh, we've seen her on Howard Stern. We've seen her on all the, the, the talk shows. Um, 
and her dogs actually predict everything from the presidential elections to the construction of prisons on Mars by 2010. Our guest is Jacqueline Stallone. Jackie, how are you? I'm fine. Where are we talking? We are, you're talking to us in Detroit and in, in, num- Detroit. in numerous cities across the country. Oh, I'm very happy. But Detroit is the home base. You right. got, we're, okay. here, we're here in Detroit in the Motor City. Under I've the- been there. <laughs> I've been there. It's nice to talk to you. It's what time? Uh, Where we're at right now? Six o'clock or seven? Uh, it's a little after seven. Oh, okay. It's four o'clock here. All right, okay. we all square now. Okay, <laughs> we we, we did now call your program animal talk. Animal right. talk. We talk about what you do to your animals, what your animals do to you. We're based in Detroit. Is that what you do every day? But talk about animals every single day. Ask Everyone's your dogs. Animal? Ask your dogs. It's true. You're kidding. Yeah. I have a two movie stars. Guess what? They have two goldfish. They say they're goldfish. Every day, if they go out for dinner and don't leave the Poseidon Adventure turned on, the goldfish won't talk to them. Really? (laughs) These are very intelligent movie stars. They're very famous. I can't give their name. Go ahead. Drop the name. Come on. I can't believe it. Is it Tim Conway? It's Tim Conway, isn't it? (laughs) More famous, dear. More famous. Famous, famous, famous. famous. He's a comedian. That's a hint. Oh, he's a hint. Hey, uh, Jackie, we're not not psychic, so you've got to shoot us straight. We're not like Well, I mean, after hearing... And then I sit there and they tell me about what this gold, they're two goldfishes that they bought for about 50 cents a piece, do. I think I'm way ahead of the game. I, I think you are. Hey, let's start I out said, with What are you talking about, Poseidon Adventure? <laughs> <laughs> Jackie, I have a couple of uh, questions okay. for you. Uh, here we go. The um, Your dogs actually predicted that uh, Bush would win the presidential election. Yes, they did. By a razor thin margin of a couple I hundred would votes. I within a thousand votes, according to the dogs. Now, Listen, now, how do they tell you this? a major TV show. Don't laugh. You haven't heard the last of these dogs. These dogs did a major TV show for Brazil. They're going to start doing a love column in Brazil. They did the numer- uh, the lotto. Now, your dogs, uh, your dogs hate communism. How did you get that out of them? I don't know. Com- they don't know the difference in communism. There's certain people's names that they become absolutely violent when they see their faces on TV. Like who? What do you mean, like who will remember the Israeli situation that yes. day? You oh, saw yeah. it in the paper. Why, when they saw that on the news and when they, they were interviewed about whether Clinton would make a deal with the Israelis about the situation, whatever it is, you know? Sure. The dogs almost bit my husband's thumb off. Oh, my and goodness. And he's an MD. You well, couldn't believe you could see them. They went clawing. The dogs did an interview the other day with the Brazilian press, and they bought some movie magazines to test them. And they asked what they thought of certain movie stars. The dogs predicted John, John Travolta's movie would be a bomb. But Bruce <laughs> Willis, the call. one that comes out next week, is going to be great. Now, I don't follow these movies. So the dogs tell me. Now, your dogs are, is it Rachel and Hannah? Yes, they are. Uh, now, how do they communicate this information to you? They're like channels. I think, I mean, this sounds very silly. I know you think so, but, and I'm not silly. I mean, I have books written all astrology books that I've given seminars around the world, you know. My books are famous, but I never thought that I didn't with dogs talking to me. I know there are very few channelers. When I go to Europe, I've met a couple that are excellent. I do believe when I bought these dogs, I bought them just to entertain me while I looked at television. Uh, when they started to show very uh, strange behavior, when certain people come on TV, I thought, what is this? So they, I'm sure they act as a channel. I don't know if they'd be able to channel it with anyone except me. It's just like, I don't know if it's... Well, maybe you're... You. T- I think you're probably especially attuned to them since they spend I, so much I don't time know. 
I don't know, it's like the Ouija board. Now, for instance, very few people can work a Ouija board. You know how that works, don't you? Uh, I'm, I'm, you have to be pretty I'm well tuned and it takes two people, but it takes uh, two psychics to work a neat Ouija board so you get anything. Otherwise, nothing moves. I would say these dogs work through me or I work through them. I never thought I'd ever do it in my life. hadn't planned on it. These dogs dance. As a matter of fact, I hired a ballet teacher starting next week. <laughs> wow. Little dogs. That's, a, that's well, incredible. I, I'll tell you, uh, let me ask you a question. Yes. Here. Um, they, they hate Dr. Laura. Now, what are your feelings? I don't know why. What are your feelings about <laughs> Dr. Laura? Do you like I her? I care less. I mean, uh, I don't have time for this kind of program. You know what I mean? Yeah. According yeah. to a recent article. Me one way or the other. Uh, Jackie, according to a recent article, you're, you said that if your dogs could kill Dr. Laura, they would. Oh, they could bite her. <laughs> well, <laughs> if they thought it would really kill, I'm sure they would. They uh. just don't like her. As soon as they uh, see pictures of her or they see her on TV, they just snarl and get nasty and disagreeable. <laughs> hey, Jackie, could you, would your dogs be able to give you a psychic impression maybe of, of one of us here in Animal Talk? And I don't think so. I don't think they work like that. I mean, okay. you, know, I you can't really, I mean, they're not really a, a clowns. I mean, they're not hired, you know, just go and entertain. Duh, Mark. Could, uh, I'd have to be lying if I said yeah. that. Sure, sure. Well, I tell you what, Jackie, can we put you on hold and come back with you right sure. after the break? Very good. Sure. And right after the break, we'll bring back Jackie Stallone to continue to talk about her psychic dogs. Rachel and Hannah, miniature pinchers, who have uh, made worldwide headlines. And I guess they're going to be hosting a television show in Brazil, of all places. That's kind of... Apparently a ballet show, even. That's kind of cool. Yeah, well, and they're going to be taught ballet. I mean... Folks, you never know what your animals can do. Don't let your animals be limited. Give them opportunity. 1-800-PET-1886. You have the opportunity to expand your pet's horizon by giving us a call here on the Animal Talk Radio Network. If you'd like to talk to Jackie Stallone, uh, feel free to give us a call and ask her uh, some questions about her dogs and about the things she does. Obviously, Jackie is a huge animal lover and um, has been blessed to be united with two very, very special dogs. Take uh, it away, Brian Adam. Yeah, the dogs are Rachel and Hannah, and these dogs, uh, they're miniature pinchers. Uh, Jackie Stallone's dogs have predicted everything from presidential elections to the construction of prisons on Mars by the year 2010. Not only did her dogs know that the Taco Bell Chihuahua was going to lose his job, but they believe that it was a case of ethnic discrimination. Can you tell us about that, Jackie? It probably was. I kind of like Taco Bell, didn't you? Uh, I think it was some more tacos than a human being. I, I would have to agree with you. I kind of liked it, if you want to know the truth. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was a little species intimidation there. I mean, you know, here we had a dog superstar, and they, they must have had, uh, you know, humans thinking, we can't let animals get that far ahead. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I was reading on the, uh, when I was out of town, that 35% of the people, Purina Dog Food advertises, 30, and the Consumer Digest, which never lies, they say they've never been food in their life. <laughs> Thirty-five percent of the population who have dogs and cats when they go out of town call and talk to their dogs. Would you believe it? That's very, very accurate. Yeah, we've seen those statistics. Uh, people will call back on their on their answering machines or have somebody hold and the phone. To, you know something? Uh, I, sure. I, I call back and talk to my snakes. 
In my toilet. Yeah, well, I, don't, I, I can't relate to a snake. Well, I can. You've got to be kidding. Snakes are great pets. I, I have many of them. You're the death of a worm. You've got to be kidding, a snake. Oh, I wouldn't even think of coming to your house. <laughs> ja- Jackie, one of the things that, that, that um, you have resurrected as part of your uh, um, your unique uh, psychic gifts are are rumpology. I mean, that is it's a... It's not a psychic gift. Okay. Uh, I'm not, no, I'm not quite understanding that. It's no more that. of a psychic gift than reading your palm. Oh, I thought I that mean, was a psychic gift, too. there. <laughs> your foot's there. Your palm is there. The only thing, a psychic, are these dogs, and to be able to do astrology, well, I've done that for 35 years, but I went to school for 15 years, taught it, traveled around the world, and the astrologer for the for the Russia, for the royal family in England, for around the world, the Middle East, I mean, I do that, but that's based on knowledge of schooling. So that's okay. a learned, that's but a learned talent. But as far as uh, rumpology, the lines and the palms and your feet—they've been there for centuries. I mean, you don't be a psychic. Someone has to teach you how to read it. Really? And still in the Middle East, if you go to Saudi Arabia, you go to Qatar and go to these countries—they don't allow doctors to see women's bodies. These women have to sit in a henna powder and sit on it and paper roll their whole bodies, and the doctors read the prints of their feet, their hands, their behinds. You wouldn't happen to have an application. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I really mean it. It still does. So that's how they can tell a man if he's a womanizer, if he's a player, if he has a flat behind. Okay. <laughs> These are considered players. Well, I know I'm not a player. That's there. pretty no. much been proven. <laughs> the flat behinds are the cheaters, men and women. Really? Yes. Wow. Jackie, hey. let, let me ask you. Uh, your dogs are obviously very <laughs> close to you, and, they, and they've been around. They see what you do, and you can channel them. They go them. to hospitals. They do a hell of a lot of good work. Do, you, do your dogs understand rumpology as well? I mean, can, no. can they? No? no, they're not. Not at all. Okay. Uh, J- Jackie, have you, ha- does this um, uh, science transfer interspecies? Can you do um, either palm readings or rumpology with um, other animals other than humans? No, or is it stri- no strictly not a human at all. wouldn't even think about it. Boy, I, I mean, don't forget, we're doing... Let me ask you. I can read your palm. Have you ever had your palm read? Uh, no, I haven't. Right, well, I was paying to shed one, so I mean, uh, never mind. Your palm is controlled by your brain. Your left brain controls the right palm. Your right brain <laughs> controls the left. Your left side of your body is your past, always has been. You know, it's your left side of the face, the left behind, left arm, left leg. They're a little bit different than the right. The right is the future. It's where it's going. If you look at your two hands, see the different lines in the left hand or right hand. If your right hand looks weaker looking, the lines are weaker than your left hand, what you came to the world, what you were promised, your potentials. If the right hand is the lines are all broken, it means that you were get you came to the world these many gifts and characteristics you haven't lived up to. It. You just fluffed it, took the wrong route. Hey Jamie, Jam. uh, the left side of Mark <laughs> the left side of Mark Hannes your right hand is, is controlled enormous. by the left side of your brain. Now, now, if, if Mark's the left side of Mark's head is enormous, what does that mean about his right hand? <laughs> look at his hand. <laughs> look at okay. his right hand. Look at his left Can't hand. Can't see it. See it's under the table. See which has the most no, uh, pronounced okay. lines and detail. Okay, let, let's get back to the uh, the dogs now. The same um, as your behind, dear. Your <laughs> left behind cheek is where you were, and the right is where it's going. Look at the characteristics on it. You can only see that through a print. You can't see through naked. I, I mean, I don't look at naked bodies. I've never looked at anyone's naked behind. So Who'd want to? I mean, <laughs> most of them are just not pretty to behold. So, well, uh, go ahead, Brian. I'll, butt in. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If you if you were to read Marx, you better bring your lunch. <laughs> um, now, how long have you known your dogs have been uh, psychic? Uh, for about eight months. 
And they're they're only a year old. So shortly no, after, a little bit more than that. Oh, okay, about fourteen months. Okay, so so they, they've been uh, they've been psychic since they were puppies. Yeah. Now, do you think but all you didn't dogs think are of it like that? You know, you see the pronounced behavior. Now, these dogs go to hospitals, and the people I don't know. People seem to be getting better. I don't know whether it's a placebo, whether they want to see them, but now they're, they're, these dogs are instrumental that now they're passing laws and bills that dogs can go visit patients in the hospital. It helps them. Sure, it's and very well documented, yes. For it. Do, you, do you think maybe the dogs have the ability to do a little psychic healing, a little laying on a paws? I think they that do. Can... The hospitals do. I mean, for heaven's sakes, I gave Sylvester two llamas for his birthday. Someone gave them to me. What am I going to do with a townhouse in California two llamas? So I sent them to his big ranch. And he didn't, the llamas and the horses and the dogs got jealous, so he gave them a two for uh, retarded children. They said these children have improved immensely through these two llamas. I can they believe that. They could do it through dogs, but they do through llamas because llamas <laughs> don't jump on you and spring and startle you. I, so I, they're finding that sorry. people live longer and better with a pet. Uh, you're absolutely, we, we believe that 100%. That I animals, do 100% too. A- animals extend people's lifespans. They, they expand well, how many the riches in the lives. cultures believe that you were, I mean, how many cultures worship animals believing that there were someone else, a deep relative, a father, a mother, someone deceased who's come back in another form? I mean, certain parts of the Middle East, I mean, they think cats, if you shot a cat or ran over a cat, they'd behead you. Well, my mother-in-law is going to come back as a snake. I already know that. Yeah, I don't know anything about snakes. Well, I, I know my know mother-in-law, so if you cats. knew my mother-in-law, you'd know immediately. <laughs> now, she's Jackie, do you have any tips for dog owners to kind of channel, channel their pet or, or uh, create this connection, the psychic connection with their you animal? You know, I wouldn't know. I would just say, just focus on them. I, you know, uh, I don't know how it happened. Just uh, let these dogs look at TV. You'd be surprised. These dogs have their own likes and dislikes on TV, and they know exactly whether they want cartoons or they want drama. When this movie star, I'm not telling you about, they, they're two goldfish are so focused that they only want to see the Poseidon adventure. And these are two <laughs> well, that's because it's a fish getting even with Don't the... leave that on. These goldfish just sit under a little stone and just ignore them. Jackie, I mean, they absolutely freak out when I, I can't believe it. Jackie, we want to thank you so much for being with us here on Animal Talk. Thank you, too. I think it's wonderful. Um, give Rachel and Hannah a hug for I us. I certainly will. And you have a wonderful rest of the week, okay? Thank you so very much. Thank you very Bye-bye. much. <laughs> and you know why the fish like the Poseidon Adventure, don't you? <laughs> fishing, uh-huh, no problem. Go fishing, we turn the boat over. We got you. Now that we're done with the Poseidon Adventure. Oh, man. Now that Wacky Jackie has left the stage, <laughs> we're back to taking your animal questions. Hey, do you have a dog that's jumping up? On people when they come to visit. How about a dog that's romancing Uncle Phil, romancing oh. Uncle Phil's leg? R- repeatedly telling you the lotto numbers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a dog that's maybe digging up the backyard? How about house training problems? We can help you with those. Got any medical questions? How about a cat that seems to be having a problem urinating or maybe drinking too much or has quit eating? Any of those kind of things Dr. Brad Davis can help you with. Hey, do you got a fish? Fish tank? You got a fish for supper? Well, I can't help you there. But if you've got an aquarium with freshwater, saltwater fish, reef tank, want to breed your fish, I can help you with that. Or I can help you with your reptile questions. 1 800 PET 1886. 1 800 PET. We're just uh, reading Mark's rump during the, uh, <laughs> during the break. I, I lost my place several times. So don't, don't worry, I put in a bookmark. Hey. <laughs> oh, uh, watch out for paper cuts. <laughs> Please state the nature of the medical emergency. <laughs> <laughs>
And now it's time for a health tip with our resident veterinarian, Dr. Brad Davis. And it's being brought to you by KT Complete Bird Diets. I get to follow Jackie Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> Well, our, so, oh, so no problem. We're gonna lock the, put the cuffs on you too. Speaking of having trouble drinking too much, anyway, <laughs> our health tip is a quiz. <laughs> Today, I had two dogs in my clinic who were in serious trouble. One was a male dog who was hit by a car with such trauma to the front leg that he would have bled out without immediate care. He walked out the front door after an hour of treatment. Also, had a very pregnant female come in dead on arrival. She had severe muscle wasting and appeared to have died of starvation. What do these dogs both have in common? And it is your clinic. Yeah, they both they, <laughs> they live in Garden City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they both were intact. Most of our hit by car dogs mm. are intact males, and this is another example. Um, and also, the problems of being a an unspayed female dog are, are, are really numerous and very very dangerous, often fatal. In this case, the dog didn't eat enough, and there's too many puppies, and the dog did starve to oh, death. Oh, jeez. Talk to your vet about spaying or neutering your pet. It really is the best thing to do for your pet's health. Absolutely, 100 percent fact. 1-800-PET-1886. 1-800-PET-1886. Pick up the phone and give us a call so we can make your world animologically safe and sound. By the way, we do want to welcome our new affiliates to the Animal Talk Radio Network today. That's K-U-L-Y, Ulysses, Kansas, W-H-O-P, Hopkinsville, Kentucky, W-U-L-F, Hardinsville, Louisville, Kentucky, K-O-K-B, Ponca City, Oklahoma, and K-O-K-P, Perry, Oklahoma, and KKOM, a Rio Grande, California. Lots of new people hanging out. Yeah. And we I should know. tell them that Jackie is not a regular. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no we, that is absolutely 100% true. You know, every now and then you just have to stretch the bounds of animal dumb. Uh, heavy on the dumb. <laughs> she was, she was All, right. All right. So, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll just. Open the phones up to take your calls and your emails, 1-800-PET-1886. You can email us at questions at animaltalkradio.com. Let's go to the phones and let's talk to Teresa. Hello, Teresa. Welcome to Animal Talk. How are you doing today? Fine. How are you guys doing? Very good. Are you, we have a, a, polar, a caller poll that we're going to do today, and we're going to start with you, a polar poll. <laughs> See, the problem is, is my... My goldfish back home are speaking to me cyclically. And they're just, <laughs> cyclically. They're, they're, <laughs> you need to call Jackie. She can help you. <laughs> the problem is... Jackie is, can't even help herself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Let's pull this together. <laughs> yes, please. Okay. Please, let's okay. be professional here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Then we wouldn't have done that interview. Now, would First we? Time no, listen. I guess not. First time listening. Well, you guys, you, you guys will have fun with this, <laughs> with this deal here, too, I'm sure. Um... I happen to run a foundation in Olive Hill, Tennessee, for captive bred wolves and wolf dogs. A really? nonprofit foundation. Its it, name is Eagle Wolf Foundation. And I realize that there's some of you there that might be saying, oh, geez, and the roll of the eyes. But we feel that, just as you guys, with Jackie and her goldfish, that not everybody should own a wolf dog. That's 100% fact. And an exotic animal should be, if you're going to own an exotic, dangerous animal, now you should be very well dangerous trained. dangerous here now, dear. There's, a bit, there, there's an exotic, dangerous animal. Are you talking about a captive-born, captive-raised animal that's treated like a wild animal? Or are you speaking of an, a canine species that has been hand-reared 
raised and treated like a family companion. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. No matter how much you treat certain animals that have not been domesticated, though, as a family pet, you do not remove that wild component to their to an animal. Well, I, I don't uh, know how that you can. Where is is this Brian? No, this, this this is Mark. Okay, Mark. I I want to you know reiterate a fact here that at this foundation right now I have on site a champion in obedience. Who, who happens to be a wolf dog. He well, is completely trained. Well, I'll tell you what, Teresa, we're going to put you on hold. We'll take you right after the break, and we'll continue this conversation, and we'll get Brian Donovan involved. We'll get Brian to talk about the behavioral components of a domesticated canine dog as compared to a wolf who is re- related genetically. Now, I'm not talking about a wolf. I'm talking about wolf dog. Okay, then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that as well here. Right after the breaks, okay, we'll put you on hold. Be right back, Teresa, and we do have lines open. Your first aquarium should be an explorer for Marineland. Oh, yeah, here's our Psychic Pet Boys. I believe... <laughs> my Borneo blood python is speaking to me. <laughs> <laughs> He's saying rats, more rats. <laughs> 1-800-PET-1886, 1-800-PET-1886. I have so many names. <laughs> I haven't said the trivia question in forever. I know, it's just about to do. Uh, well, hey, you know, when you have Jackie on, everything becomes trivia. Uh, and never mind. Uh, what unique characteristics does the Chinese crested dog and the Sphinx cat have in common? Got a few mom- moments left where you can win prizes, prizes, and more prizes. For your dog, cat, bird, fish, reptile, whatever kind of animal, it's species specific. So pick up the phone and give us a call. 800-PET-1886. Before we went to break, we were talking to Teresa. And Teresa is a proponent of wolf dogs and wolves. And one of the the things we've always done here in Animal Talk is that we kind of take a position that keeping exotic species of animals... um, is should be done by certain individuals and especially if the animals tend to be the possibility of being larger animals or possibly a dangerous animal and i guess the debate comes down to are wolf dogs dangerous animals or are they are they enough of a component of dog and then they become a domesticated animal with an outcross of dog dna yes brad well i was going to ask you were talking about a dog that's a a champion at uh, behavior what um what percentage wolf is the dog? He is he, he is a lower content. Lower content of prob- wolf. I, I I do believe that the animal is uh, verified at approximately thirty five to thirty seven percent. Now now explain is that, that wolf to or me. dog. Wolf. Okay. Now how can we be thirty seven percent wolf? Just out of curiosity. Well, th- that's where you have breeders that. Uh, re- reputable breeders, I no, might add. There's that no know such the thing. the lines of their dogs, just like any AKC registered animal, that they know the lines of their animals. Yeah, but who how... Who begat who and who begat who. But it's impossible to be 35% anything, genetically. No, it's not. Oh, well, wrong. Well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry I waste all the time with those <laughs> genetics mean, classes. I it's not. I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound rude, but no, it's not. Well, e- explain it to me just a little bit. <laughs> I mean... See, because 50-50, and then you go to 25. That's well, what I'm there, getting at. See, there, there, that's where the dog side of your brain is working, dear, and you're not a wolfer, so it would be very no, hard but, uh, but for Teresa, me to explain Teresa, to you, whether, whether it's a rep- other than to say, Teresa, please. Teresa, I have to interrupt no. you a second. W- whether it's a dog or a reptile, 
when you start doing a genetic outcross, you can have a 50-50 or a 25% split. Yeah. You cannot do uh, percentages less than less or more than that. Yeah. It just doesn't work scientifically. When, when you are breeding animals like this, like Wait. mine, I should say. I don't know anything about reptiles other than what some friends have told me. But when you breed wolf dogs then you can get different mm. percentages because certain genes go to certain parts. Well, you're and not really. Hey, Teresa, I hate to interrupt you, but the, but the, uh, but the uh, we're out of time. We're going to have for this hour. I'll tell you what, we'll have to pick this up at another time. Give us a call back and we'll pursue this further. Thanks for calling. And you're listening to Mark, Brian, and Brad here on the Animal Talk Radio Network. Someone like this who's arguing, I mean, you know, that's where the dog side of your brain is coming. That was a dumb thing, you know. And I would prefer that those people come out and obviously anybody who's listening is going to, that kind of brush is going to be painted that that's exactly what they are. Mm -hmm. And we've done a service with that. I think that's a good thing. I don't think that's a bad thing. It was not bad. I think it was a good thing. It was good. I don't know. I've, you, I've dealt you, with so many of those you, people, I just can't it. stand them. But yeah. See, but that's, your, that's the bias. But, right? Yeah. Well, and also, we're, we're used to dealing with the people like that, you and I. We're used yeah. to hearing that. I mean, I don't know how many times I've heard that the dog was 90% wolf or, or 10% wolf, and it's just genetically not possible. But, or, but, e- but even that, I mean, you know, and we, it's just, we but can it, talk about, you know, domestication is a process that takes off the rough edges of, right. a, of, a, of a species. And, and makes it something that's right, this reliable. This is the halftime show here on the Animal Talk Radio Network. Know, we can just kind of hang out, leave the microphones open, and talk about whatever, and get ready for I the mean, next hour. Doesn't matter what. So all our Yahoo listeners, thanks for hanging out. Well, Stick with you know, us. This dog's and, uh, but, and you're wrong. And you're wrong. That's what she's going to be all the time. But somebody who does that, and you do it on radio, and you're rational with them, you have stated a point and proved a point. Because people are going to realize they're irrational. That comes across. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Well, and, and, and I tell you what, to tell you, there have been there have been children that have been killed by these wolf dogs. And people find them. <laughs> oh, Mark, Mark I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> arguing. I'm arguing <laughs> simply that this person's just a, an ugly sounding person to talk to, and and they're just. Do we want to stay away from those kind of people altogether? No, but to argue with someone like that, it kind of like you know. My dad can beat up your dad, sort of thing, you know. It, well, you it, needed to set up the point, and the point never got made. It, yeah, we. Um, well, our, part argument, of it was the argument for either side never got made. See that? That's what. That's why I asked you. What, what's this lady okay. coming on for? And, what, and you said she no. She just called. She wasn't supposed to come on and argue this point. She she took it on. Well, she, and she was she was just trying to get, gain awareness for the foundation that she's doing, yes, which and she is took, helping. Does she foster the dogs or what? Well, see, she, I, yeah. there were some questions I had, but before I even got into like, um, okay, so you take these dogs that other people don't want. All of a sudden, we got into this thing, you know. Well, and that's and that's her loss. So she didn't get. Uh, yes. She didn't get her. her yeah. Promoted or whatever. So, so I mean, that's I mean, her that's, loss. That's fine or, or wonderful. You should. Yeah, I mean, she has like a controlled environment that she can take these dogs in, so they don't have to be destroyed. You know, so not, not if she's making because more. Because she took it, took offense when, when I said not exotic, not making more. dangerous not animals. No, no, and them. they are. They, I mean, they got a mouth, they can bite. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and know? the fact that she did that, she No, just... no, no. That one's an obedience champion. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, all this has been on, right? <laughs> well, that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. So what if you lead a 50% wolf dog to a 25% wolf dog? It doesn't matter. A 20, so a where, where does that take? 25%. Let's do the calculation. I'm trying to do this. be 37.5. 37.5, but this so, was a 35 percent. Yeah. And they're always, they always had these numbers. My favorite is when it's well, it's only two percent wolf, mm-hmm. and things like that. And so that's why I always like to ask <coughs> what percentage is it, because if they say something like that, you know they immediately don't know. Don't know. And so they'll say 30 percent, 35 percent, but mm-hmm. it, it can't yeah. possibly be. Unless I heard it's her say phenotype though. Yeah. 
heard her say that. Unless it's hundred yeah. percent genotype is or the, not is the you know the the condition set forth by the genotype or the 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 if you have a uh, like if you have a blue eyes that's your that's your phenotype from the genotype of whatever the chromosomes come out to be. Yeah. It's the result. And it can be a, it can be yeah. either a behavioral component or a physiological component. Okay. Really cool. They're gorgeous. <laughs> They're gorgeous. But I think that one of the wolves are gorgeous. So is a grizzly bear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so are tigers. But well, how many arms have been lost and, and, in the last one? And, and also, yeah. <laughs> to, put a per- to put a perspective on it, too, is that she was talking about how they're just as good as dogs. Well, guess what? There's dogs. Right. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. There's. I guess we're running out. Yeah. I, I hope that. What <laughs> yeah. She, I hope that what she's doing is is taking dogs out of out of environments, the wolf dogs, where they're not controlled. The mice run the whole yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Of course. That, that, that it's controlled environment. <laughs> and, you know, actually, one of Yahoo. her friends called in before the show and asked how to listen on the Internet because, uh, you know, he knew his friend was going to be on. Uh, hey, so. I, 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 the reality is, is I'm a she rep- was She was argumentative. I mean, I'm a know, reptile no. person, and I admit that there's a lot of people in the reptile community that do not want to ban the ownership of any reptiles. I don't think reticulated pythons, Burmese pythons, anacondas, all these big animals that are dangerous inherently dangerous by what they are and what they're capable of doing, about, even though it happens rarely. What about rattlers? Oh, I, I don't think people should private ownership of venomous animals. No way in shape or form. You're endangering your neighbors. You're endangering children. I do not believe. I think that should, should be licensed and controlled, and you should be trained. Mm-hmm. Same thing with exotic cats, the big cats, bears, anything like that. You are creating a danger to yourself and to the people around you, whether you want to or not. And remember, too, wolf dogs, uh, you can't vaccinate them for rabies. Because really? rabies is not cleared for use in wild animals, and they're uh, still wild animals no matter what, as long as they have wolf in them. So, so if if you vaccinate them, they're still not going to be considered covered for rabies in most states. I don't know. So, in other words, there's a liability. Mm-hmm. See, in any kind of that you have, you are liable for any kind of an animal that you have in your house that can that could do damage to a human being. Mm-hmm. And to have one in there that could do that, I mean, this is the ownership of animals is something we 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 want to support to the nth degree. The ownership of dangerous animals needs to be controlled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of our Yahoo listeners, thanks for hanging out during the halftime show here. And uh, the regular show is going to kick back in in about uh, two minutes. <laughs> so stick around. And, uh, See, the one, we'll back sorry, one thing we need to do is make sure that if we're going to impact this, that we impact this in a positive way. Because if we do not, as pet people, self-regulate, then you're going to get municipalities coming in with a, uh, with a big brush and wiping all things out and creating oh, huge yeah. breed bans. Instead of banning uh, wolf dogs that are wild animals, they'll b- ban Rottweilers, they'll ban pit bulls, they'll ban German shepherds because they look like a wolf. Mm-hmm. No, dude, and it, that's the thing. You never got your point across. You never, you well, n- yeah, you never, you never, and, and and she never got her point across. It was that was just it we was ran a, out of time. I didn't, oh yeah, that, yeah, but it was it was it, it, it we set it you set it up like you were taking a call. And then she just ran off and got argumentative, and then it just and, blew the whole thing. And I'll say this, too. I, I've been self-regulating since I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, my. I, I don't want the, I just, we, just, we just did a live appearance in Detroit and had a guy from the health department come up and let me know that the city of Detroit had outlawed any snake over two feet long. It's illegal to own in the city of Detroit. Where you were, okay, state, you were at the state fairgrounds, so you were in the city. Exactly. It, it, it was 12 inches long. Was 12, was inches? Oh, 12, sorry, 12 inches? 12 inches, yeah. Really? As no. we all looked down. You know? <laughs> <laughs> said, oh, we're going to have to leave. Is that why we moved to the suburbs? Yeah. 
Okay. Oh. It's just a worm. It's just a worm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got less than uh, 30 seconds here, so uh, shut up, everybody. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs, cats, fish, birds, reptiles, mother-in-laws, all you critters out there. Do you, you have mother-in-law issues this week? <laughs> I've got mother-in-law issues every <laughs> week. This this week, it's been going on for four years. It's like, it's like twice in a half hour here. You know what happiness is, don't you? <laughs> Your mother-in-law's picture in a milk carton. Okay. <laughs> 1-800-BET-1886. 1-800-BET-1886. You know, women don't like that because they all turn into mother-in-law <laughs> sooner or later. <laughs> 1-800-BET-1886. Hey, we still have that tricky trivia hanging over from last hour. We might as well run it sure. all the way through this hour. What is the unique characteristic... What unique characteristic does the Chinese crested dog and the Sphinx cat have in common? Folks, this is very obvious. If they you know both have reasons. the ability to channel Jackie Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> no, they channel dog food really well. It goes in one and channels out the other. Oh, but that's anyway. cute. Uh, 1-800- <laughs> wow. I haven't gotten one of those in years. <laughs> Don't get used to it, right? <laughs> 1-800-PET-1886. 1-800-PET-1886. Hey, in this hour, we're going to be talking to Dr. Jane Bix. She is a vet extraordinaire. She's uh, probably well known, most well-known from her time on Pittsburgh on Animal Planet. And she's also written a number of books and has been involved in animal nutrition for years. And she's a little bit into the, I guess you'd call it um, New Age Health stuff some of it i have a little problem with and some of it what the heck i guess it's like chicken soup it can't soup it can't hurt but you know we'll talk to her a little bit and talk to her about healthypetnet.com which is a uh, unique set of situations of people who can actually own your own pet shop at home and sell pet pet products yourself so everyone's did you ever want to own a pet shop brian uh i have a pet shop in my trench coat I don't even know what that <laughs> means. Me I don't <laughs> even know what that means. <laughs> oh, that scares oh. me. <laughs> I'm not going. Did 1-800-PET-1886. I say 1-800-PET-1886. We're leaving the vicinity of this accident <laughs> right now. <laughs> Let's get the cops in here. Nothing to see here, folks. No, nothing to nothing see here. To see. All right. And now it's time for one of our favorite parts of the show. Fact or fiction? You decide. And this is being brought to you. Huh? (laughs) This is being brought to you by. Jackie's still channeling to you. That's the problem here. (laughs) HealthyPetNet.com. Own your own home pet shop. All right, Brian. Well, here's what Fact or Fiction is all about. We're going to read three stories, uh, two of which are absolutely true. We know oftentimes that animal stories are. Indeed, truth is uh, stranger than fiction when it comes to animal stories. Uh, so this whole two, show's been stranger than fiction. Two of them are true. The one that's been fabricated uh, has actually been made up by Dr. Brad Davis. Doesn't mean he's going to read that story. Your job is to determine which story is false. Call 800-PET-1886 if you're correct. Well, you win species-specific prizes. All right, here we go. Let me start with Dr. Brad Davis. You read the story first this time, Bub. Oh, thanks. Bubba. Okay, forget Dolly the Sheep, Tasmanian Tiger is next. Brighton, Tasmania, the last known Tasmanian tiger or thylacine, died in captivity in 1936, but a team of Australian biologists believes the animal's extinction may simply be a 70-year hiccup. 
Tasmanian tiger DNA has been found and a cloning project is underway. Hope for the rebirth of the tiger, not a cat at all, but a striped marsupial wolf, lies in the murky depths of a museum specimen jar where a six-month-old thylacine pup has sat preserved in alcohol since 1866. Australian museum director Professor Mike Archer said he knew 15 years ago the specimen held the key to the return of the tiger, but it was not until Dolly the Sheep was cloned in Scotland in 1997 that that technology caught up with his dream. It became a matter of not if, but when, Archer said. In April, small samples of heart, liver, and mu muscle and bone marrow tissue were extracted from the preserved pup, and a small team of evolutionary biologists in Sydney began working to unravel the tiger's genetic code. Not far away from Jurassic Park, folks, and I'm excited. Mm -hmm. Bring back those big lizards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, story number two, a butterfly swarm injures eight in Mexico City. <laughs> a lunchtime swarm Broke of monarch... Broke the windows out of the car. Lunchtime swarm of monarch butterflies on a, play school, uh, on a school playground caused injury to eight children after they panicked trying to get inside. 26 second graders were playing outside during recess at Javier Cabrera Elementary School in Mexico City when a swarm of monarch butterflies descended on the playground. Uh, students and teachers panicked, racing to the door to re-enter the building. Eight students were injured, none severely, in the mad dash. Dr. Moises Ramirez. You know, it's getting hot in here. I'm feeling a little Moises. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Moises Ramirez, a biologist at the University of Mexico City, believes that there was a mass emergence of the butterflies in a field nearby, and they were looking for a meal. He cautioned that the butterflies are harmless, Kids and there's no reason to fear them. <laughs> butterflies are more scared of you than you are of them. Most of the butterflies left the area within 20 minutes of the incident. You know, the, the Alfred Hitchcock had the birds. <laughs> now we're going to come out with the butterflies. You know? uh, Be quiet. You'll wake the butterflies. They'll come attack. Opens Thursday from DreamWorks. <laughs> <laughs> and they just kept fluttering. fluttering. <laughs> you know, I wonder, do these kids traumatize from now on when they see a butterfly it, or a moth? It might be a sequel to Cocoon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, where is it? Where is it? <laughs> oh, <there> it <laughs> All right, a toothless chimpanzee at the Madrid Zoo has given her companions a taste for turning fruit and vegetables into purees in what could be considered a scientific first. New Science Magazine says the chimps appear to be the <laughs> first animals to mash food simply because they prefer the taste and texture. The networks have been feeding us yeah. mush for years. <laughs> What's the difference? I think Emerald just is like shaved with that. <laughs> <laughs> Chips use, chimps use various techniques to attain food, like fishing for termites uh, with sticks in the mounds, but they have not been known to change the quality of their food. This week's edition of the magazine said... Sticks the in the mounds! <laughs> the female chip, Linda, had her teeth removed by a beach resort photographer to stop her from biting tourists. And shortly after that, when she came to the Madrid Zoo in 92, <laughs> she started to mash her food and has taught this to the other chimps in the group. This may be a first in the scientific community, chimps cooking. Okay, so story number one. Okay, uh, they're cloning the Tasmanian tiger. Story number two, butterfly swarm injures eight in Mexico City. And the third story is chimps learn to make tastier food, puree those vegetables and fruit for a new taste sensation. 1-800-PET-1886. Mm. If you can pick the lie, the fabrication out of these three absolutely stupid stories... <laughs> You can win prizes, more prizes, prizes, and more prizes here on the Animal Talk Radio Network. We're definitely here to give away stuff. And we have that tricky trivia question. What unique characteristic does the Chinese crested dog and the sphinx cat have in common? Hmm. Also, we've got a caller poll today. 
in the, uh, I guess, in honor of Jackie Stallone, who was a guest in the first hour talking about her psychic dogs. Do you believe that animals have psychic abilities? Mm. And I'm being talked to right now by my box box turtle. (laughs) Bring home mealworms. All right, 1-800-PET-1886. Don't forget, you can also email us at questions at animaltalkradio.com. We're also available to be listened to in the Internet. So if you've got friends, family, countrymen who do not heal the dulcet tones of Animal Talk via the regular airwaves, go to the Internet. Go to animaltalkradio.com. Click on the Yahoo Broadcast icon. And we will come to your homes via the miracle of the World Wide Web. 1-800-PET-1886 here on the Animal Talk Radio Network. Coming up in just a few moments, we're going to be talking to Dr. Jane Bix and talking about her new book. And uh, we're also going to be talking about HealthyPetNet.com. All that kind of good stuff. So pick up the phone and give us a call at 1-800-PET-1886. 1-800-PET-1886. Heal, lizard, lizard, lizard. Heal, lizard, lizard, lizard. My best friend is a salamander. He eats bugs with snacks. Gotta love those lizards. It's time for a herp pipe. And this herp pipe is being sponsored by T-Rex, the finest in reptile products. All right, today's herp pipe is in response to an email question. That's an email answer. This is from SDF at AOL.com. What are the most popular breeds of lizards and what would make a good beginning lizard for someone who has never kept a reptile pet? Plastic one. Yeah. <laughs> Plastic does do very, very well. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm writing down my guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. There's probably two or three that I would say are up on the top. Number one, bearded dragon. Woo! <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Shoot, I, I, I put bearded drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my head hurts. Oh, my head hurts. Number two, leopard gecko. <laughs> Number three is any other gecko species you can think of. Um, a- actually, those are probably the easiest. Most people tend to start with an iguana as their first lizard pet because they're relatively inexpensive and easy to be had. But the problem is with iguanas, they get very, very large. There's lots of geckos, aren't there? Aren't oh, there, there like are a lot of different <laughs> breeds of geckos? There are hundreds of species of geckos. <laughs> Brian, why can you and Brad think of these few species of geckos? Well, uh, it's the, uh, possibly the only lizard that's actually born with glasses. That'd be the specto gecko, right? <laughs> Okay. Is, is there a comedian version? Is, uh, is, yeah, the Sheko Greco. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And if you plug them in? The Electro Gecko. <laughs> uh, and, and if you use them to put uh, a finish on the outside of your house? A uh, Stucco Gecko. Yeah. Okay. And if they're robotic? The Mecco Gecko. <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention the Art Deco Gecko. <laughs> and the Sticky Fingered Klepto Gecko. <laughs> Okay, uh, that's about enough of that gecko. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so if you're looking at the bearded dragons, make great pets. Uh, again, again, to go back to the, the iguanas. The iguanas get very large. They get anywhere from four to six feet long. Um, male iguanas can be quite aggressive. They have very long nails. You have to create a very large enclosure for them. And what ends up happening is a lot of people get this little lizard that's you know six, seven inches long. They don't expect it to get... Six feet long, that ends up in shelters, they end up euthanized. So it's oh. stay away from the iguanas unless you want to make the commitment to create a huge, huge shelter for them. The bearded dragon gets to be only about 12 to 14 inches long and is a very, very non-aggressive, great little pet. He'll even ride on your shoulder or, or kind of hang on your shirt like a brooch. They're great, great pets. The same thing with the uh, leopard geckos. 
just small 10-gallon aquarium is all you need to keep them. They eat crickets, so it's easy to keep. Those, those are the two I would definitely pick first. Do they have pretty stable temperaments? The, the bearded dragon? No, the geckos. Geckos are very I'm kind of thinking of the Mr. Hyde and Dr. Jekyll gecko. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> are the ones that like science fiction, the Star trek gecko? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Any more? You, you know, we did that four years ago. <laughs> Just like yesterday. <laughs> oh, and it's come back from the dead. Uh, yes. And I can smell that little bit of decay uh, that's out there. <laughs> 1-800-PET-1886, 1-800-PET-1886. Let us bring our very special guest on the show today, and that is Dr. Jane Vicks. Hello, Dr. Jane. How are you doing today? Hello. Can you hear me? We can hear you now, Dr. Jane. How are you doing today? Fine. You know, I listen to some of the show, and I applaud you for teaching people uh, what animals to have and what animals not to have so we can keep them out of shelters. Thank you very much. Yes. Well, and, and one of the things we were talking about, too, is we were talking about earlier in, in the last hour, which we didn't get a chance to frame, and when we can bring Dr. Mm-hmm. Jane in. Um, we had a woman who called up who's involved with wolf dogs, and she immediately took, um, took the stance that these are totally safe animals. Whether they are or not, we'll kind of leave that out. Um, the reality is an exotic animal should be owned by a very special person, and an animal that could be considered dangerous should not be owned by the general public in general. Wouldn't you say, Dr. Jane? Um, it's a fact. It's not, e- it's not even an opinion. It's a, it's a fact. Um, I was working with the ASPCA um, unofficially in placing exotic animals, and they would go from home to home to home. And, you know, a wolf dog is going to revert at one time or another to its wild um, roots. You know, a dog has been domesticated, depending on who you read, for 100,000 years, or if you want to just go to the Egyptians, you know, you can, you can go back, you know, that far. And, you know, we still have problems, if you talk to Brian, <laughs> domesticating them. Sure, sure. So how can you take a wolf dog that's first generation and expect not to have a problem. It just isn't going to work. Well, that, that's exactly it. The process of domestication is all about taking the rough edges off of an animal. And uh, So anyways, yeah, I, di- I was above that argument, Dr. Jane. I didn't <laughs> even get involved. <laughs> yeah. anyways, uh, no, because you would probably lose because people like that, you know, they, they keep the animals until something happens like the dog bites the child's head off. You yeah, know? yeah. You're, well, you're right. You're right. Dr. Jane, uh, I have a couple questions for you. Um, what are the biggest dietary mistakes people make with their dogs and cats? Well, I think I well I know number one is um, they'll try if an animal is picky and doesn't want to eat its dinner, or its lunch, or its breakfast, they'll try different kinds of foods or they'll add something to the food. Oh, we think, we talk about that all the time. Okay. Go ahead. And that's the most common. And you know what happens? It's simply that the animal is not hungry you know maybe it's hot out you know, maybe you know um maybe they are they picked out the night before and we just can't get it in our heads that they're not hungry and what happens once you do that is you just increase them being more and more finicky now why is that important nutritionally because nutritionally the importance is that eventually you run out of good foods that's right. And you know, uh, if you could relay this me- message to my mother, I go over there, <laughs> hey, would you like a sandwich? Uh, no, I'm full. I'm full. I just ate, Mom. Well, how about a meatloaf? I can whip up a meatloaf <laughs> real quick. Well, you know, you see, that's the interesting 
interesting part. You know, let's think of us humans, right? We're full. You know, we don't want to eat anything. We're full, right? Mm -hmm. And then our mothers come and they go, (laughs) can we interest you in a homemade you know, hot fudge Sunday, yeah, yeah. and all of a sudden you say, you know what, twist my arm, and I did it. Sure. And that's what we're doing with the animals, and it's just not healthy. Number two, when you you change food like that, and you know, rapidly from day to day to day, um, you can get intestinal upset. And even though it seems to the owner no big thing, it's loose stool or the animals, you know, are vomiting, tomorrow it'll be fine, it is a big thing because we now know that the intestines are the largest organ, one of the largest and most significant organs in the body. It contains 70% of our immune system. And, and not only that, what's really neat is that was uh, point number two. I thought that was <laughs> hold on a second, sec, Dr. Jane. We'll be right back after the break to continue this with Dr. Jane Bix. We have that uh, tricky trivia out there. What unique characteristics do the Chinese crested dog and the sphinx ha- cat have in common? And uh, we also have the fact or fiction where we read three stories. Two of them are absolutely true, and one of them is patently false. A lie made up by Dr. Brad Davis doesn't mean he's read it, but it means it's a lie. So pick the lie, and you win a prize. We'll recap those stories real quick. The first one is... In Australia, they're cloning the Tasmanian tiger from a pup from 1866, trying to bring the species back from extinction. And the second story is lost by Brian The second story, of course, is butterfly swarm injures eight in Mexico City. (laughs) He found it in that pile on his desk. And the uh, third story is, is chimps learn to make their food tastier by (laughs) pureeing their vegetables and fruits Uh. to make a tastier texture and mix. Our guest is uh, world-renowned. The new Julia Childs of... Sorry. Our guest is world-renowned veterinarian, uh, Dr. Jane Bix. How are you doing, Dr. Jane Bix? I'm doing well, thank you. Can you can you do me a favor and help us out with some email veterinary questions? I certainly can. I mean, we have a veterinarian here, Dr. Brad Davis, but <laughs> he's worthless. He actually. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was hello, Doctor Brad. About you, I'm not allowed to talk today. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, Dr. Jane, he fudged his his diploma. <laughs> he was actually like a, a Chevette uh, mechanic, <laughs> <laughs> but he made it look okay. Uh, here we go. Uh, Dear Animal Talk, my dog has a problem of too much bacteria. Skippy. You've got mail. Too much bacteria in his small intestines. The vet has done lab tests on him, and we have to uh, give him Tylen. Is it Tylen in his food? Right. Uh, but it has not been working. His toilet, his toilet comes out like water. He gets. <laughs> his toilet comes out like <laughs> you know, water. We don't. We don't. We, we <laughs> How purposely do, I this delicately? do not edit these questions at all. That's the first time that sentence has ever been spoken. <laughs> <laughs> I, ho- I hope that yeah. they don't have a white carpet at home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> at the moment, we are feeding him. Uh, they don't need more. Don't worry. <laughs> we're feeding him. Is it call fish and corn? And has been uh, on what for five days. Waff call, waff call, W A F C O L, fish and corn, and he has been on, on this for five days. It could be a brand, I don't know. And there is no improvement. Got any ideas to help us, please? Yes, I certainly do. That's called dysbiosis, which means that biotic is living, and dys means not living well. The intestines have to have a balance between friendly bacteria and non-friendly. Um, when I'm, I just made a food, and in my food, I really um, put a lot of time and effort and ingredients into, um, into um, making the intestines stay healthy because it's so important. Number one is acidophilus and bifida. That's the stuff that's found in yogurt. You know, there's a yogurt culture 
They tell women if you get a yeast infection, use yogurt. They tell people that have been on a back uh, antibiotic for a while, if they're good doctors, to use yogurt. So you can buy whatever's in that yogurt culture from a health food store, and it's acidophilus and bifida combined, and that's called friendly bacteria. And I would take that three times a day, and um, it's in my book, which is Dr. Jane's Natural Care for a Healthy, Happy Dog. Um, and the dosage would be, you know, an adult is about 125 pounds. So a 75-pound dog would take half of that, and then a 30-pound dog more or less would take a quarter, and you would work your way that way. You can overdose on it, so you don't want to do too much. The second thing that you want to do is you want to get those intestinal cells being healthy again, so you want to add glutamine, G-L-U-T-A-M-I-N-E. Now use it in a sentence. <laughs> and, and that's a supplement that you can get at the health food store again. So you would do your acid, your probiotic first, and then you would wait a few days, and then you would do your glutamine. The third thing you have to do, as Dr. Brad would agree with me, is we have to rest the gut. You know, at this point, the intestines are sort of like the <laughs> knee when you fall off a bike. And you know how... Brad rests his gut on a regular basis. Huh? <laughs> Brad rests his gut on a regular basis, but yeah. usually uh, in a bar stool. But that's <laughs> another. He's doing it now. Actually. I come from a long line of gut resters. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, this I mean a little bit differently. I mean, let's not, you know, put too much in there. So um, it's kind of like falling off a bicycle where you keep on falling off every day and your knee doesn't have a chance to heal. So what I would like to see um, is I would like to see the dog on something very bland. I don't know what kind of fish that is, um, but corn is not easy to digest. So I would like to do something like potatoes, you know, if they want to do mashed potatoes and fish, one part fish four parts potato okay. and a little bit of salt so let's and yes, it's we want to down. shut that salad salad shooter down huh huh Sh shut down the salad shooter yeah that's right if i have to that's say right. it twice so, it's not funny all right we, we have another that, that's a uh, good information uh, I'm, I'm making a note here uh, i'm gonna give my dog some yogurt because god knows i will never eat the stuff again <laughs> uh here we go um would you like to take another question yes of course okay can you give a second opinion on treatment of a hematoma on a cat's ear my cat turned out to have a yeast infection, uh, yogurt, uh, which <laughs> I a yogurt infection. Right in the dog ear. <laughs> That's right. Actually, garlic works very well in the ear. By the way, if if an animal has an ear infection, if you take garlic and you mince it up and you get a little bit of oil on there, and then you put it in a cheesecloth. You know, a cheesecloth is is. Um, I don't know. You know, it has it. It's very, very porous. Right, right. Thank you, Mark. And then and put the cat on like a Kaiser roll or something. And <laughs> 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 now the only bad thing about it is it does smell a little bit like garlic. You know, being yeah. <laughs> <laughs> garlic and all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Do you have garlic with a bit less garlic in it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> Okay, yeah, she says here she's a little bit uneasy about having a general anesthetic to uh, surgically treat a hematoma. A hematoma so. is a hematoma. What the well, heck's a hematoma? Everybody <laughs> knows what happens is the ear is like a pouch. And I know that it doesn't seem like it when we look at it, but it is. And then when an animal, dog or cat, um, keeps on scratching their ear, that um, they break the little blood vessels in there, mm -hmm. and that pouch fills up with blood. And the only thing you can do is... 
open up the pouch and get rid of the blood. And if you don't do surgery so that the pouch doesn't close again to be a pouch, then you're going to have the same trouble, chances are. So my answer is going to be the same as any other veterinarian's, and that's going to be surgery. However, let's find out what happened, how the fungus came. Let's get rid of the fungus so that, you know, um, we don't continue with that problem. And I always look at nutrition and make sure that the dog or the cat has an excellent nutrition because that's the foundation of everything. And then I would like that animal on a systemic immune enhancer, something like colostrum, something like astragalus, something like garlic. But you have to be gar- careful. Garlic is poisonous to cats. Okay. So in other words, just throw some yogurt in his ear. That's right. <laughs> okay. Don't forget the garlic. All right. Very good. Jane, we want to thank you very much for being on the show. Tell everyone the title of your book again. It's uh, Dr. Jane's Natural Care for a Healthy, Happy Dog. And also, if people would like to get more information, they can go to HealthyPetNet.com, where they can also check out the opportunities of becoming a provider of Dr. Jane's dog food, as well as other Dr. Jane products, to themselves and to their friends. And my book. And thank you very much. And you, all you three, please keep up the good work. You're tremendous. Thank you very much, Dr. Jane. You have a wonderful night. You're welcome. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good night. And you're listening to Mark, Brian, and Brad here on the Animal Talk Radio Network. What unique characteristics does the Chinese crested dog and the sphinx cat have in common? If you know that, you win prizes, prizes, and more prizes. Chinese crusted dog? Crested. Crested. Crusted. Not crusted. Now, we'll tell you this. It's an outward appearance, and it's very, very obvious. They both have fur? What was the what was the sphinx? Uh, uh, well, Jamie, Jamie, uh, it's, it's for the callers, Jamie. It's, it's, it's uh, Mr. Bigglesworth was a sphinx, wasn't he? Mr. Bigglesworth with his sphinx. Oh, there you go. There, you go. Uh, there ain't nowhere you can go. There ain't no nair. But anyway, just think about that, folks. And we have those the fact or fiction out there. Read three stories. One of them is false, a fabrication, a lie. Two of them are true. Pick the lie, win a prize. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Brad's the liar. He wrote it. He didn't read it necessarily, but he wrote it. So let's go and review those. First story is... Uh, in Australia, they're going to clone from a pup that's been dead since 1866. They're going to clone a new Tasmanian tiger, bringing it back from extinction. Blah, blah. Oh, wrong task. Story yeah, number two, uh, a swarm of butterflies ravaged a schoolyard. Well, it didn't. It, it, <laughs> it didn't <laughs> ravage <laughs> the schoolyard. No, it... Uh, they... <laughs> <laughs> they scared, they frightened some kids. Uh, it's like Mothra or something. <laughs> Eight children were injured in Mexico City after a, a swarm of butterflies. Uh, Eight, inju- Eight children are injured every day at recess. <laughs> <laughs> after a swarm of butterflies sacked the schoolyard. <laughs> it was a military compla- campaign. It was a precise attack. They had the wing. Uh, yeah. This oh, is well, third story, Mark. Anyway, third story. <laughs> I'm just picturing that in my mind. A toothless chimp at the Madrid Zoo has taught their companions how to take fruit and to puree it to make a new tasty food sensation. It is considered a unique behavior of training other animals to actually cook mm. a first in the scientific community. Pick which one of these are false and call 1-800-PET-1886 and win prizes, prizes, and more prizes. No, kitty, this is my pet. No, kitty, you bad kitty. No, kitty, it's my It's time for a kitty corner, and this is being sponsored by Oster Clippers from Sunbeam. Do uh, cats land on their feet, or do they always land on their feet? And if so, how do they do it? The answer to the first question is usually. 
Interestingly enough, in New York City, veterinarians have coined the term high-rise syndrome, first brought to us by Dr. Brad Davis. Because he tested this himself. That's right. To describe the injuries cats receive from falling out of windows in high-rise apartments. Although cats can survive a long fall, the unofficial record in New York is 18 stories. It behooves us to watch out for open windows as cats can uh, incur severe injuries. How do they do it? Well, cats, even very young kittens, have an amazing sense of balance. When falling, the fluid in the inner ear shifts, and the cat rotates its head until it equalizes the flu- uh, and the fluid is level. The body automatically shifts to follow the head, and the cat lands on its feet. It also helps that the cat is extremely agile, and his fluid muscles respond instantly. A cat has 30 vertebrae, five more than humans, which accounts in part for this amazing agility. I, I thought it was a gyroscope in their head. And Brad would agree. Right. You know, I can see, see the, you know, the, the vets in New York are you know, coming up with this, uh, you know, Syndrome, and you see both a bunch of them down there with with signs when the cats fall four point five nine point nine. Well, yeah, but I think I think when people hear when I, whenever I mention somebody, they always picture the cat coming down like in a Warner Brothers cartoon where they reach the ground, flip over, <laughs> land on their feet, and walk away. I mean, they're still basically without a skeleton immediately following the crash, but they yeah, survive. That's yeah. Hey, let's uh, go to the emails, Brian Donovan. All right. Uh, you know, I, I feel kind of br- uh, bad that Brad didn't get to answer a vet question. So let's you, a- well, ask him this one. Okay. Uh, oh, I believe my cat. You got mail, baby. Yeah. Dear Animal Talk, I believe my cat licked motor oil off his Ooh. fur. Uh, he appears lethargic. He is having trouble going to the bathroom. Uh, what can I do for him at home? <laughs> well, given that it's an email, I would guess bury him. <laughs> I'm going to oh, go with that. Oh, <laughs> Honest oh. to God. Brad, <laughs> no. back off. No, yeah, this just, email we received earlier. <laughs> yes, we received it before. Was, yeah. yeah, so it's, it's again, this becomes an emergency, emergency situation. Anytime you're dealing with anything out of the car, um, as we know, antifreeze is the most potent of all poisons known. Um, just about anyone who... Well, they think it's motor oil, though. Yeah, but I'm saying is that things like that out of the car can always yeah. be dangerous. So uh, to be honest with you, you really do want to get in, get on fluids. There's nothing you're going to be able to do at home for this animal. Get thee but, to a vet. But generally, when a cat appears lethargic, uh, he's in trouble. Right? Yeah, cats yeah. don't show they're sick until they're really sick. Uh, when you think about it, uh, if, as I always say, if you have a, a tiger, uh, they hunt by themselves. And cats are more like tigers than lions. They tend to be by themselves. And if you're a tiger and you're feeling sick and you decide I'm going to take the day off from work, you don't work, you don't eat, and as you don't eat, you die. Mm-hmm. And so a tiger will not show they're sick until they're incredibly sick. Same thing with a house cat. They do not fake injuries. They do not fake being ill. If they're sick, they've been sick for a while. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, don't forget, you can email us at questions at animaltalkradio.com as well as check out our website, animaltalkradio.com. All right, here we go. Uh, next question. This is from John's Girl at Hotmail. You've got mail. Dear Animal Talk, my mom won't let me have a kitten. What should I do? Well, you sit your mother down and explain to her that being deprived of the simple joy and companionship of a kitten will surely trigger a chain reaction of displaced aggression, which will send you into a rage, the likes of which will make her wish she'd never been born. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Throw ask, a fit? Actually, ask, I have a good answer for that. Ask for a snake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm getting uh, There you go. 1-800-BET-1886. 1-800-BET-1886. Pick up the phone and give us a call so we can make your world animologically safe and sound. By the way, next week, we're going to be having a very special announcement. It's a herpetological announcement. There has been a million-dollar snake born. (laughs) There has been, Brian. Are you excited? (laughs) Uh, Just give me the name of the person who's going to pay that so I can become a millionaire as well. (laughs) There has been a million-dollar snake born. And we're going to talk about it on the Animal Talk Radio Network. 
go to our website, animaltalkradio.com. Click on the Yahoo chat icon and come in and uh, join in our chat. Chat's also an audio chat. Which means it is typed as well as you can listen to it live kind of like radio. So it's almost like another radio broadcast. And our very special guest is going to be Kevin McCurley of Nerd. It's going to be a reptile chat. Excellent. Hey, hey, Mark, uh, you know, the, the, the email question, of course, that was a, a bogus answer. Yes. And uh, c- can we just finish up real quick? We certainly can. All right. Uh, the, the question was, uh, my mom won't let me have a kitten. Uh, what should I do? We get this question in, in all sorts of forms. My mom won't let me have. What should I do? Um, they always want us to go to bat for them. And uh, the first step in any negotiation, uh, and Mark knows this, he taught me it well, is to find out what the ar- other party wants. So ask questions. Or for mom, beg. Yeah, mom probably has good reasons why she doesn't want you to have a kitten. So ask questions. Don't protest. Don't get defensive. Just listen. Uh, bringing home a pet requires a big commitment. You also have to uh, understand how to care for it. You have to have the time. And you have to be considerate of everyone else's feelings in the household uh, and how, you know, how they feel about the prospective pet. So uh, as much as I love pets, if my daughter were to ask me um, for a pet, I would say no unless I knew she was willing and able to take care of it and she understood exactly how uh, the care was to be done. Exactly, exactly. And that, that, that becomes a, a sticking point. And I think that the parents should uh, give kids almost like an assignment. If you want to own an animal, then here, you have to read a book, read a magazine. You have to prove to me that you have the understanding and knowledge of what you're getting into. It's a good learning experience. And if point. you can't, you know, I don't know how old the, the email uh, call, uh, person is, but uh, if, you can't, if you can, you might want to volunteer, or maybe get a job at a uh, local uh, um, shelter, veterinary hospital, or a pet shop, and then you have plenty of contact with animals. Sure. And you'll learn a lot, too. So. Very good, very good. Also, next week, we're going to be talking to author and actor George Plimpton. He's done everything. Yeah. W- he has a new book, uh, which is a collection of crazy letters to vets. Did, did he get any of your letters, Brad? Crazy letters to vets. Yeah, to vets. Oh, I'm sorry. You're the crazy, the, you're the reverse one. Crazy letters from <laughs> Manifesto. Vets. It's in my <laughs> manifesto. <laughs> <laughs> there, he, he, the Brad wait. Davis manifesto. Now, would that be a scary thing to read? He, he wrote a book with yeah. crazy letters Collect, to vets. It's a co- collection of crazy letters to vets. Huh. You're, you're, def- you're interested <laughs> now, aren't you? Well, he thought you said, you know, crazy letters from vets, and, and he's written several. <laughs> <laughs> Dear, Dear George. George. Yeah. <laughs> His attorney's written me several letters as well. <laughs> 1-800-BET-1886. We got any more emails, Brandon? We sure do. Uh, Dear Animal Talk. What are the most popular lists? Oh, we already read that. I think I did that one earlier. Uh, Dear Animal Talk, I'm emailing uh, from my friend's name. I was wondering how often you can get uh, green anacondas. I'm a real snake freak, and I'm just dying to get a baby anaconda. Don't get an anaconda if you're you're, uh, dangerous animal, guys. They get 30 feet long. And they move fast. I saw the movie. (laughs) I will answer all the rest of the emails directly. And uh, Okay, the tricky trivia. What unique characteristic does Sphinx Cats and crested Chinese crested, they're hairless. Oh, see. <laughs> there you go. And the Oops. fake story today was the monarch butterflies. That was false. There were there was no rampage on a schoolyard by monarch butterflies. I'm shocked. I thought there was. Hey, be sure to be here next week at the same time. We want to thank our new affiliates for joining us here. And all of you, uh, be sure to check out our website at animaltalkradio.com. And as always, for myself, Brian, Brad, and the whole crew here, have an exotic weekend. Kiss your wild thing for me. Bye-bye, boys. Have fun storming the castle. Think it'll work? It would take a miracle. Bye-bye.